The Rebrand Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. Welcome to the Rebrand Podcast, and I Hear Everything production. This podcast tells the stories of world-changing marketing campaigns as told by the people who build them. In each episode, you'll hear a brilliant marketer talk through the strategy, framework, and tactics used to elevate their brands to new heights. Ready to hear untold stories behind the brands you love? Then sit back, relax, and get ready for the Rebrand. Here's the host of the Rebrand Podcast, the CEO of the Harkey Group, Scott Harkey. All right. Yesterday, Megan and I talked about brand monitoring in the age of AI, and I think we got really scared, but I think there's hope because there's solutions out there that can help us monitor our brand better. So that was awesome. But th this is a topic I've been wanting to get into forever. So I was super excited when this topic came through. Kudos to Megan and her PR team for coming up with this TikTok ban topic because it's something I've been wanting to talk about. So here's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about preparing for a TikTok ban. Here's my conversation with Megan Mott, the senior marketing analyst at Captier. I can never, man, every time I see someone's last name, I get scared and I butcher it, got it right. But I'm just going to admit audience, like if you hear me most scared, it's the company's name or someone's last name. And I don't know, it's now a thing. So that's okay. We'll get into it though. No worries, Scott. If it makes you feel better, people have been pronouncing my, my last name incorrectly for my entire life. I hate that men. And I like get scared right before, but I even corrected it. But okay. Thank you for making me feel better. Okay. All right. Let's talk about TikTok. Are we banning TikTok? What I think was it Montana banned it. I've been saying yeah. forever it's going to be banned. It hasn't. I think I feel like LinkedIn's like and Microsoft are somehow going to buy that shit. But it's gotten like too big to buy now. It's I don't see it going away. But I see so many issues, and I don't know. I'm. What do you think? Yeah, I think that personally, I think a total ban is probably unlikely. But I do think it's something that marketers and advertisers need to be paying close attention to. I think for starters, a national band would be really messy while we're seeing bipartisan support for a band you're seeing a lot of opposition as well and i think it would certainly raise like some first amendment concerns and perhaps be deemed un unconstitutional i also feel like it would be just extremely bad for business considering how many investors businesses like have ties to this platform and I really, I agree with you. I think ultimately TikTok would absolutely explore like other avenues before it gets banned and breaking off the US portion of the company would probably be what would happen, but we can't really predict. But we do actually have some survey research that we did on this. And from the marketing perspective, we did find that marketers also feel like a ban is unlikely with nationally anyway, and they're really continuing to invest in the app and still see it as a viable platform for long-term marketing strategies. As an analyst and a brand monitoring professional in the space, do you believe TikTok is playing by the rules and is fair to privacy? Or do you think 
they're potentially a bad player in the marketplace? I think maybe the reality is somewhere in between. I know from the perspective of marketers, they do feel like that the data privacy and national security concerns are justified. And a lot of them really worry about brand safety, lack of transparency and data security when they're using it. But yeah, I think that there, there are also varied opinions about how the app's core features and functionality will evolve over the next six months. And it does seem like TikTok is doing a lot to improve brand safety, to suit those concerns about national security. So I think the concerns seem valid, but TikTok is doing a lot to, to counter them. So here's the two things, the only two things I feel like from a TikTok perspective that I know for sure. Number one, Fortune 1000 brand marketers, legal team is scared to death of TikTok. And they, at least over the last two years, as I've talked to a lot of our clients and people that are Fortune 1000 brand advertisers, it was a no-go zone, like complete no-go zone. Don't talk about it. We're not touching it. I think some have caved and have moved over. There's just too much opportunity. The second thing that I know is if you're a brand marketer, what TikTok does on the app in terms of getting people engaged and the, the way that... In which they serve content to their consumers that gets people to stay on that app is absolutely phenomenal. And from a brand advertising standpoint, it is the hottest thing out there is like when Instagram first came out or when Facebook first came out and the return on ad spend and the return on content in TikTok is absolutely the number one channel for marketers that heavily invest in that channel and they love it and it's a hidden secret and it does really well. Those are the only two things that I think I can say for sure about TikTok. Everything else I think is definitely to your point, speculation. Where will it ultimately go? I still feel like having a U.S. company manage the U.S. and having TikTok in China, having that U.S. market and making government officials and people and major advertisers both happy seems to make the most sense. Again, I think it's too big to be completely shut down to your point. But man, I, I, I do feel that it's still a place for return on ad spend in, in the marketplace. The same way, again, Instagram and Facebook, the early adopters to those channels were killing it. Then everybody jumped on board and they went from 7 billion in sales on Facebook and Meta and, TikTok, and Instagram to like 14 billion. It's probably 20 billion today, maybe more. And the people that came in early, like to Gary Vee's point, the people that find the early channels of success can reap rewards of especially return on ad spend. And especially when there's so much pressure on performance marketing these days and return on ad spend, man, that is the channel. I don't know, yeah. as I went off on that tangent. No, it's totally. And it's definitely like if, you're, if your audience is gen Z, I mean, it's the place to be. I think that more than half of the app's users are between the ages of 18 and 25, even though I believe TikTok older base is growing, but it's, yeah, it's been among the most downloaded apps for over the last three years. And I think the engagement rates, it's, they're hard to beat. So yeah, it's-, it's Is there it's a brand cool. monitoring system that you would recommend for TikTok? I know with Instagram and TikTok and in a world of influencer marketing, influencer marketing is definitely not going away. It's, it is- a pain in the ass, but man, everybody's saying they're an expert. Every agency says they do it. Every influencer wants a bigger piece of the pie like it can. It was probably the craziest I've ever seen it because there were so many influencers and celebrities and people that want to drive value for their brand. And yet it's, I don't know, influencer marketing. I know it works. We do a ton of it. I know there's some great specialist agencies that do a ton of it. I know a ton of brands do it in-house, but man, monitoring the success on the back end, I know is a big headache for people. Is there any maybe advice or platform that come to mind that you could give us? Yeah. I can't recommend a specific 
tool, but TikTok, it's definitely the place for connecting with influencers and working with them through their creator marketplace. But I, I can't re recommend like a specific tool for monitoring. So the creative marketplace, is that different on TikTok than it is through Instagram? Yeah, well, they have their proprietary creator marketplace that helps you connect with influencers as a marketer, advertiser. I'm sure Instagram has similar offerings, but TikTok just seems to be the place where influencers and creators go. It definitely has sure. that more like informal and relaxed atmosphere, um, sure. which makes it feel like more naturally social and authentic. And you really see like those sort of people gravitating towards it. Yeah, I agree. And I agree with you on the younger audience. I do think it's broadening out like we saw Instagram back in its early adoption days, or even Facebook, like it, the older part of the demo will certainly continue to grow. And the, on the influencer space, and like when you talk to a lot of influencer agencies, with I've talked to literally probably hundreds, and a lot of them have incredible value. Some don't. Some brands should be just sourcing their own influencers direct, in my opinion. Some should be using agencies mostly for the contract negotiation and the saving time and energy, because it, it takes a lot of time and energy. And especially in the paid standpoint, not on the ambassador standpoint. But is there anything else you're seeing in influencer marketing? And certainly there is tons of value in that space still. And there's lots of places to plug in and add paid to it. And there's a lot of influencer agencies that do have like their little quote unquote, like badges within those platforms that I do think have some intrinsic value. Is there any other just maybe and I'm going off on a topic different than this TikTok fan, but I think we beat it up today on the band and our speculation. Is there anything else like advice maybe you'd give marketers in terms of influencer marketing? And do you still believe there's a major upside in influencer marketing? Yeah, I definitely think there's an upside in influencer marketing. I mean, I mean, as, as far as advice and like trying to partner with the right influencer, I think it goes back to like identifying who exactly your target users are through market research and media planning tools, getting that, that demographic information, working with your sales team. And then also you really do have to pay attention to, to how each social media platform is structured and different. Like people definitely use TikTok differently than they would use YouTube. So you really have to consider that when you're partnering with influencers as well. And then also to like maybe focusing on quality by identifying the platforms with the biggest opportunities for your brand. So you have to really understand what exactly do you want to achieve through social media? And this will help you determine which platform it makes more the most sense to like partner with them. I agree with everything you said and thinking about platform by platform and finding the biggest and the best. And my rule of thumb is, you know, like in a perfect world, find the biggest influencer or celebrity or content creator that actually likes your brand, loves your brand, uses your brand, even before they knew there was an opportunity with your brand. Like we mm -hmm. cut a deal with Lil Wayne and Capcom for Street Fighter 6. Why? The dude loved Street Fighter 6 and actually played it. And he was the biggest name I think we could find. So that to me is like a good marriage. Mm -hmm. I believe that the top tier people provide the most value, the same way endorsements did 10 years ago. I think the B level tiers, the one that like you should have the most uh, leeriness towards where there's big influencers and content creators. They have large audiences. They obviously want to get paid. And so trying to negotiate a fair deal between them and paid and them being an ambassador and endorser of your product, they better love your product. They better be using your product. And then the ambassador side, I think has a ton of upside. It just takes a lot of time and energy to create those programs. I'm sure there's some platforms and things that, that make it a little bit easier, but it still takes a lot of work mm -hmm. and time. In terms of those three buckets from a brand mention standpoint, is there anything that sticks out to you or that you've seen in the space or 
that maybe you could even assume? Like what, which one in those space do you think you would be spending your time? What, what spaces do you, are you referring to? I'm sorry. Just like your top tier A-list ones, oh, your Mark yeah. Wahlbergs, your top people that have, I would say, above 5 million followers. Yeah. Like an Instagram as an example, that would be like whatever, 15. Yeah, million. it definitely would depend on your goals. If it's just about getting the most eyeballs, the larger the audience, the better. But maybe you're trying to go for like a really specialized or like local market and it might make sense to to partner with more mid-tier smaller audience influencer we had a i had a guest on what two days ago right before you and he was really keen on shopping insights and he was really surprised by the amount of like regional i'll call it like of people like how they think of brands and places they shop and things they like and buy and they're influenced by based on the region you live in like we'll just name the united states for example i thought that was an interesting insight that i hadn't really i thought about it but maybe not to that extent well maybe final thoughts for us as we'll close out here maybe TikTok wise or whatever so like what are you most excited about in the next six months in terms of social media and TikTok. Anything. No, I, it could be AI. We talked to AI last episode. It could be influencer social. It could be maybe the amount of opportunity around brand security with some of the AI generative concerns. Yeah. Well, just personally, I'm excited about the different use cases for AI and how that's going to just, I foresee it getting just better and being able to like take over more and more capabilities and having, having it let you be more efficient and productive. And then maybe that's part of being able to like focus more strategically and or focus on the more creative aspects of your position like as a marketer. So I think that's really exciting. And I think the tools are already pretty good and it's exciting to think that they're just going to keep getting better. So I think that'd be something I'm curious to see how plays out. I love it. I agree. I think AI tools that 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 scale what we do as brand marketers, I think we've been we've had little budget to, to produce a lot and finding tools to help us do our jobs faster and better in, in a day and age where marketing budgets were scarce and expectations were high. I think that's a great point. And it's definitely a theme I've heard over the last six months. So we're going to wrap it up here with the Rebrand Podcast. Man, big thanks to Megan Bittman, Senior Analyst at Captira for joining us. Again, if you'd like to contact Megan, you'll find a LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can find her on Twitter, Megan B. Analyst, or again, their website, captira.com. Thanks, y'all. Cool. You're you're. Great. Appreciate it.